I think this is a golden opportunity for commercial players within health to step up and take public leadership. The belief that everything was fine before disaster struck and that all we need to do is return to things as they were is simply unsustainable. That will lead to global exhaustion instead of global regeneration. Hello and welcome to the 25 Days of Transformation series, where we talk to industry experts and global brands about the highs and lows of digital transformation. We'll learn from real-world business examples, get first-hand industry insights from the digital experts, and we'll take a deep dive into what trends to look out for in the coming months. I'm Tizzy Philp, Strategic Content Lead here at Valtech, and I'm here to guide you through these conversations and to uncover the latest and greatest in digital. Today, I'm joined by Rasmus Frask, Lead Business Designer and Futurist for the Healthcare Division here at Valtech. In a career spanning more than 20 years in health across pharmaceutical companies, creative agencies and NGOs, Rasmus is becoming increasingly influential across the healthcare industry, helping to deliver transformations that improve business operations, but focus on improving the life of patients across the globe. Rasmus is one of the most exciting thought leaders in the sector. In today's podcast, we want to explore more of his latest ideas around the concept of human to business. Rasmus, as ever, it's a pleasure to speak and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tizzy. You're too kind. 2020 has arguably been the most turbulent year when it comes to human healthcare, throwing into focus the differing responses of nations across the world in dealing with a pandemic that touches every aspect of our lives. What has been your take on the current situation? I think the legitimacy of leaders worldwide has been damaged in recent years by ongoing scandals across politics and, and business and Furthermore, they have failed to address systemic challenges such as uh, climate change, growing inequalities, and increasingly broken healthcare systems. According to a historian and philosopher Yuval Noah Harari, irresponsible uh, politicians have deliberately undermined public trust in science, in public authorities, and international cooperation. As a result, uh, I think the most critical outcome of the pandemic due to lack of inspired leadership could be a greater disunity and mistrust among humans. This scenario would constitute what I refer to as global exhaustion. But I think there is a silver lining. The infectious disease COVID-19 knows no distinctions and no boundaries. We have all shared the same omni experience, witnessing a system put on hold everywhere in the world from one day to the next. We have all feared that the lives of our loved ones and questioned if the system would be able to sustain us. We have learned the hard way that coexistence is vital not only for our well-being, but also that one man's action have vast implications for the collective response in times of a crisis. We have experienced how complex systems are interconnected and how their wholes and parts depend on each other. We have sensed that our existence is symbiotic 
and that individuals need uh, needs and those of nature itself are deeply intertwined. Maybe for the first time, at least in my lifetime, we have realized that nothing, no one exists in isolation. That human beings is fundamentally about transcending a purpose beyond self-interest. This holds an unlimited potential of solidarity that can positively stretch the accountability of populations, welfare models, political and educational systems, as well as the corporate world. And this scenario would, in my mind, constitute global regeneration. If we think more about the response of global firms and public bodies to what's been happening, what's been your impression then of the collective response so far? Well, we actually asked ourselves that question in, uh, in May 2020. What we did was we conducted a meta study of uh, 165 selected articles published across uh, 30 global peer-reviewed media outlets representing a wide range of experts' views from diverse fields such as economics, sociology, anthropology, medicine, history, and philosophy. Our objective was to identify early patterns of a new normal in the collective response to the pandemic, how we must basically learn, unlearn, and relearn from even the most severe circumstances to replace and regain trust how we have experienced COVID-19 initially one by one and then collectively in larger numbers. In other words, we tried to map the omni-experience of the pandemic. The study revealed that COVID-19 set an unprecedented premise for the human condition and that it triggered a fundamental shift in perspective from macro to micro from nations and governments to individuals and communities. The the first wave experience we saw was the imposed isolation that has offered us time not only to absorb the immediate danger of the outbreak, but also to reflect more deeply on what we are attached to and what we are ready to give up as human beings. We have had an opportunity to contemplate just how vital coexistence is in our lives. We have stepped away from a brief moment from performing in the world to prioritize our being in the world. We have entered a deconstruction phase that involves letting go of obsolete behaviors and ways of thinking, initially one by one and then collectively in larger numbers. The second wave experience is one of systemic disbelief. When a crisis sets in, people traditionally look for guidance from the systems that uphold society, be it governments, corporations, or religious institutions. These load-bearing pillars typically respond by reassuring the public that things are under control and they will use their power to deal with the situation at hand as long as everyone continues living their everyday lives. COVID-19 has been different. In that sense, the level of systemic powerlessness and unpreparedness is displayed in the open for everyone to see. People in positions of power have had to acknowledge that they are making up the route as they go along and that many questions will remain unanswered in the short term. 
The first message communicated was, we don't know the origin of this, the extent of this virus. We don't have a vaccine or any treatment available. And to preserve the system, each individual must stop their everyday activities and isolate to contain the virus. Subsequently, the overwhelming collective response has been to question society's long-term capacity to sustain its inhabitants. The third wave experience is that the economic and social implications of COVID-19 reveal widely disparate abilities to prepare and respond. The strong are more likely to stay healthy, the weak are more likely to succumb. Lower skilled workers are more prone to job losses or reduction in working hours. The lowest income quintiles are among the most disadvantaged groups in terms of adequate access to healthcare. People with disabilities and stigma are at an increased risk of developing severe diseases or emotional distress. The effect of social determinants is super amplified, and there is an imminent risk that it will lead to mass exhaustion in large parts of the population. You've been talking a lot recently about this idea of a so-called human-to-business approach to regenerating human health, and this probably touches on what you've just just explained to us, but can you give us more detail about what you mean by that human-to-business approach? Uh, let me allow Tissi just for one moment to, to uh, bring some mythology to the table. As a futurist, I look for something I call shocks, slides, and aftershocks. A shock is an unpredictable event that carries a massive impact instantly. A shock can happen from one day to the next. COVID-19 is basically a shock. A slide is a predictable event that carries a gradual impact over a longer period. The severe long-term impact of a slide can basically be seen from far away. Non-communicable diseases or NCDs, as we call them, like cancers, cardiovascular diseases, and diabetes, that's an example of a slide. An aftershock is when the immediate impact of a shock amplifies the gradual effect of a slide. So what is the interplay between COVID-19 and NCDs? I think that is a fascinating question. According to a recent editorial I read in The Lancet, COVID-19 has shown that many of the tools required for fighting a, pan a pandemic are also those needed to fight NCDs. Disease surveillance, robust civil society, clear communication, and equitable access to resilient universal healthcare systems. There is no better place to start by understanding how the COVID-19 Omni experience can be repurposed by design to defeat non-communicable diseases or NCDs. If we can successfully repurpose the COVID-19 experience, we can better respond to the increased disease burden associated with NCDs. I think this is a golden opportunity for commercial players within health to step up and take public leadership. The belief that everything was fine before disaster struck and that all we need to do is return to things as they were is simply unsustainable. That will 
lead to global exhaustion instead of global regeneration. Peter Drucker, the world's most prominent management thinker, he once pointed out that incongruities, a dissonance between what is and what ought to be, are opportunity spaces to create something new and relevant. Opportunity spaces for innovation will lie, I think, in the intersection between what is and what ought to be. Commercial stakeholders will seek to both create new markets based on new demands, while also entering into broader coalitions to improve human lives at scale. Commercial health players must step up and facilitate and sponsor public-private people coalitions based on a shared plan of action. With the right leadership and accountability, we can strengthen health services to not only prevail the pandemic, but to dramatically improve the treatment and prevention of NCDs in the future. The bottom-up response to the pandemic potentially holds the key to reform the healthcare system. According to Douglas Rushkoff, a digital theorist and host of another podcast called Team Human, you should go and check it out. According to him, we can develop the cultural immune response required to face such a challenge together by utilizing the autonomous and micro-local capacity of digital ecosystems. As point of care, that's where we as human beings receive care, healthcare. If as point of care shifts away from analog to digital, we can actually use our emerging digital sensibilities to enable our out-of-system ability to create more meaningful experiences around health and to produce regenerative health outcomes. Let me repeat, human to business is an accountable coalition of health providers enabling our out-of-system ability to create meaningful experiences that produce regenerative health outcomes. The redesign of healthcare systems will enable us to reflect on what we are most attached to as humans, how we can drive positive change through our autonomous actions, how we can proactively protect ourselves from the inequalities of the world. We can further increase and enable this health experience via holistic use of services data, and technology. Holistic offerings put forward by the before-mentioned PPP coalition, people, public, and private. With the emergence of such transformational human-to-business models, I think that transactional B2B and B2C models will need complete reimagination. We uh, at Valtech has developed a uh, human-to-business innovation framework that can serve as a conversation starter and bring PPP stakeholders together in workshops and innovation programs to explore mutual self-interest and experiment with new ways of operating. So far, the initiative has sparked interest among some of the biggest companies in the health industry, but there is, uh, however, still a long way to go. So if we think more about what you've just said about what companies can can really do in this space, what, in your view, can businesses or public bodies or governments do 
to apply this kind of thinking in a really tangible way? I think that most uh, professionals, when they hear the word transformation, they think about that as something that is very overarching. It's a 360 approach. It will have to basically change everything you do over time. Uh, I don't see human to business, uh, the innovation framework around human to business as that. As mentioned earlier, the biggest game changer in health is the shift in point of care, where we receive care from analog, analog to digital and from in-system to out-of-system. So th this transformation will arti articulate an undeniable demand that a human being facing health challenges should always be in the center of all interactions. And then all stakeholders across the entire health landscape should collaborate based on a shared interest to produce regenerative health outcomes for that person. So, so I ask you, this point of care, that exists everywhere, among every person on earth. So of course, this also means that human to business is relevant everywhere in health as a strategic framework, as an innovation lighthouse, as incremental improvements of point of care, wherever that exists, however that is constituted. So there is really no excuse. It is time to deliver. I think we can use health to build unity and trust among humans. Human to business is the way forward, both on a strategic, tactical, and operational level. Rasmus, this has been such an interesting uh, 15, 20 minutes or so. Thank you so, so much for sharing all of your insights and thoughts with us. I'm sure uh, leaving people with lots of things to think about. It's been a pleasure, and please reach out. I love dialogues. I love to be inspired by all the super intelligent people out there in the world. Amazing. Thanks so much, Rasmus. Thank you. You've been listening to the 25 Days of Transformation series from Valtech Cafe. If you enjoyed this podcast, then why not subscribe and keep up to date with all of the episodes in this series and a whole host of insights from the Valtech Cafe back catalogue. And if you'd like more information about what we do or to get in touch, why not visit us at valtech.com to find out the details. Until next time, thanks for listening.